Welcome to Crypto Art, the show that decodes the world of art created for a new age and traded on the bleeding edge. I saw when looking, doing research for this, all the videos were like, your NFTs are destroying the planet and like a picture of a guy like with green gas all around him and like explosions (laughs) and fire in the background. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you're crazy. You don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, like <laughs> we're great. NFTs are the future, sponsored by oil companies. They're actually really <laughs> great for the environment. And you know, I actually did find a YouTube video along I watched those that lines. One. <laughs> That's like what? Yeah, that guy kind of looked like Weird Al a little bit, and he was yeah. like, I mean, yeah. some of some of what he was saying, like, it was it was consistent with what other people were saying. This is Eric Elliott. NFTs are all caps very good for the environment. Yeah. yeah. And we'll have links in our show notes to our everything we talk about. It makes about. a good case. Yeah. Yeah. Like it like some of the stuff he was saying, it's not that it wasn't true, but it was just like the um like thought that it's like all positive and it's actually good for the environment and like no bad sides was like, mm, I don't like no, like that's yeah. not yeah, at a maximum, it's neutral, you know, I think. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's probably the highest it could ever be. It's a stretch. Uh, a stretch in every direction, I think, you know, <laughs> is a common common thing we're seeing in this, uh, in the crypto art community is uh, it's just the polarization, right, of, uh, of today's topic in particular, the, uh, the environmental considerations, impact, cost um, when it comes to crypto art and non-fungible tokens and a lot of homework has been done a lot of uh a lot of facts have been found but i also it's hard to it's hard to tell what is a fact in in these conversations like we'll do our best to cite cite our research but um just to kind of establish uh establish the story the journey where where do we start where do we start here lizzie like what what was the biggest thing that stood out to you that was kind of the start of this this rabbit hole of the environment for crypto art um so it wasn't the biggest thing that stood out to me that was necessarily about crypto art but it was like finding the environmental footprint of everything else that we do. Yeah. Um, And I, I picked specific examples to talk about later, not like going to do a list of like, here's all the ways you're destroying the planet (laughs) and have fun trying to sleep tonight. But um, (laughs) it's just like, there's so many layers to it. I was like, and going through everything, I was like, Oh, we could do an episode on this and an episode on that. And now trying to think of how to like condense it into this is like, Woo. But yeah, I don't know if everyone else knew this, but crypto art or like the blockchain is considered part of the fourth industrial revolution, which includes artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things and distributed ledgers like blockchains. So, yeah, I didn't know that we were in that now, but we are. It's a trip. Yeah, it is. And uh and I don't think it's possible for us to even know what that means yet. And if it is a fourth, fourth industrial revolution, you know, it's, it's really early days in that, in that revolution, but cool time, cool time to, <laughs> to look at the, look at the, the space and like the amount of possibilities that can be 
can can come to life from these technologies and you know the combination even of of ai and yeah just just amazing kind of what's possible like um and that you know art and culture are being impacted by these these things as well is uh it's just mind-blowing right there was like that that self-portrait by that ai robot sophia that uh sold for like a ridiculous amount of money that's kind of a combination of these things as well right like an ai made digital art that was sold for a lot of ether on a on the on the blockchain like that's just so many of these things combined i didn't even know about that <laughs> so who the people who made the ai get that money or like how does that work that's a really good question is it is it you know uh <laughs> does the ai have its own have its own bank account like what does it choose to spend its money on yeah because that's uh, like a whole other test is like what would the ai do with this <laughs> like what would it yeah. spend money on i guess it could do anything would it want to do anything like maybe it would yeah. donate to <laughs> art school tuitions for for artists i'm I'm not sure yeah for other ais yeah <laughs> art school for other ais yeah, that that's I think a good place to kind of ground the conversation, right? Like we're we're looking at these things oftentimes through a lens of like what we've experienced in our lifetime, but technology is evolving at a rate that is just always unprecedented. Every year is unprecedented compared to the previous and and that rate's accelerating. So these things are compounding on each other and and it's really cool to me that that art is kind of uh part of the story, you know, and and that creativity can can come to life using some of these technologies. But just like the past industrial revolutions, it comes at a cost to the environment, right? Like it come there there is some cost somewhere, I should say, ideally not in the environment. Um, like digging up fossil fuels and setting them on fire, right? Is <laughs> definitely has a uh cost, let's say, yeah. to uh to our ecosystem to our planet and that's really where people are coming from here where it's like we're we're mindful of that right we don't want to contribute to the next generation of of uh, damage to our planet so we want our future leaning technologies to to really not to play nice with the environment to uh to have kind of that win-win so that's where I think the concern uh, from what I could tell in the community comes from usually is, is around like not wanting to contribute to something that's already pretty messed up. Yeah. The other asset that we're low on that like past industrial revolutions had is time because like the clock for global warming or climate change and um, fossil fuels and all that stuff, it's like, it's ticking down. So there's a lot of, discourse about how like well no invention is perfect when it first comes out but you know we do we really have the time to be like Mm -hmm. crossing our fingers and hoping that you know we use eth but it'll change so that's a big yeah and that's often a counter argument right like ethereum is moving from the workload intensive and therefore environmentally impactful proof of work a type of uh consensus mechanism on blockchain um, they're moving from proof of work to something called proof of stake in Ethereum 2. Proof of stake will be much more efficient than is like uh, is measurably much more efficient 
than proof of work and therefore don't you gotta you don't have to worry about anything we're we're working on it and like we're good don't don't sweat it it'll be fixed by the time you know it and uh you know there's people making cool money on on crypto art right now so just pay attention to that um i don't know that you know it's fully from my perspective anyway i'm not so eager to dismiss the concerns right like we should look at these things critically it's good that there is an answer coming but to your point do we have time right do we have do we have the time to wait for that or you know is is ethereum not the ideal platform here for this particular application of crypto art yeah which is i guess something also to distinguish is like not all nfts and crypto art are made using ethereum and ethereum is what is the environmental issue the way it's processed yeah. and the energy it uses so that's another thing i've noticed i think a big part of this um discussion too is the backlash artists have received for yes. taking part in nfts and crypto art and I'm, I'm sure a good amount of them are doing ethereum nfts but some of them aren't but it's like assumed that if you say nft or crypto art that you are doing the ethereum and the environmental like wasteful right. one but there are options already they're just less established than ethereum ethereum is like the first original smart contract like crypto is it a cryptocurrency i get confused on that it's a currency but it's also smart contract right that's correct right, yeah so correct. bitcoin yeah. bitcoin is like gold uh it's just an asset you don't really make much with it um but ethereum is a currency but it the it's real differentiator from from bitcoin and really all of most of the other altcoins or whatever you want to call non-bitcoin cryptocurrencies um ethereum is the standout kind of clear number two when it comes to the value of the of the of the tokens but uh ethereum has the element of smart contracts and therefore uh empower this like you know web three uh style like uh interacting with wallets and having these uh collectibles with uh that that can be um kind of you can create other tokens on top of ethereum so the the other thing is that ethereum is extensible it's a that's why it's a platform it, it you can build things on top of it so one thing you can build on top of it is a smart contract which is like an automation to move around currency um and that code runs on chain so-called and then another way that ethereum is extensible that bitcoin is not is that it has this erc20 standard and that's a way to make other tokens on top of ethereum and that's what you start to think of as like uh, layer two technologies or the alternative currencies or altcoins and things like that are often ERC-20 uh, standard tokens. And that's, a, <clears throat> that's something that the Ethereum Foundation is defined. This is all kind of open source and distributed and all the things that, uh, you know, the cultural elements that the, the crypto space has applied to it. So that is where... Um, the process that we mentioned in a, in the past episodes of minting an NFT, you are essentially creating a token. You're creating one of these ERC-20 tokens, 
in some cases it's one of a kind in other cases it's like a collection of of one of a kind um you know and that's been popularized by some of the crypto art nft platforms uh by doing these drops of like limited numbers and stuff like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) i also researching found some stuff to kind of help with ethereum that's still related to ethereum but they called it side chains like matic xdai loom do you know like i am familiar with this term of like uh doing stuff off chain you know like that's something that i heard uh come up a few different times where you know that um that what's expensive is mining to put a new block on the chain and if we're putting all these new nft blocks on the chain that costs more mining but um but what can happen is that um you know, you can, the platforms, the, the rareables and the super rares and the, um, the platforms that people are using to buy and sell these NFTs, there's actually ways that they could kind of encompass multiple transactions inside of one actual transaction on the blockchain. And that's, that was kind of the common argument that I heard from like technical people in this space that were kind of talking about oh it's not really a factor because you could have a million nft transactions represented in that one block and it still is the same amount of work to put that block on the chain uh if there's a million transactions in there or if it's just like one transaction or zero transactions so it's like it's all the same bro you don't need to worry about it like that stuff (laughs) a lot of that work happens off chain like it's really the engineers it depends you know on the platform and yeah. Nothing really to worry about. Just keep doing your art. <laughs> I heard that too. And that people, the one thing that like made it stick most for me was that it was like, imagine like shipping containers on a train. Um, When I think of shipping containers, I think of ships, but they're on trains too. Same thing. <laughs> they are. Big boxes. Standard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do they have a different name if they're on a train, like training containers? But no, they don't. Um, Shipping containers. And that like that, the shipping container is the block and the shipping container could have like one item in it, a thousand items or a million items. And it gets like put through the block the same, which from what I can tell, it is true. Like it gets processed and they don't know. But the thing is, is that like the artist and the miners and the containers aren't just like totally disconnected. Like if no one, wants to mint nfts or no one wants to use ethereum then like eventually there's not going to be any money in it for the miners like why are they doing this like if there's no demand for cryptocurrencies then like what's the reason for people to do it so it does have an impact but with the shipping container argument in the block i think the point that i took from it more is like commenting mean things on an artist's instagram and like bullying them out of selling an NFT didn't like save the environment. That's like, what surprised yeah. <laughs> me was like, I, I saw creators, uh, people's audiences threatening to unsubscribe, threatening to remove their Patreon support, threatening to like, uh, even like kind of talk negatively about people. If they, if they chose to mint NFTs, the people would. So it's like this weird kind of like, hey, my audience value is is greater than your ability to make these crypto tokens. And I found that fascinating that people were kind of using that as leverage 
in this conversation, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, um, I think the video that stood out to me was uh, from a YouTube creator called 1000. Um, and I watched that one too. <laughs> yeah, my art almost destroyed the environment, the dark side of NFTs and crypto art. And he had people in his audience kind of threatening him about this. And that's just, aside from the, the whatever you may think about crypto art, that is like weird on its own, you know, so... Yeah, but not uncommon in the internet space. It's like the next. Right. And I do, part of me hates saying like outrage culture because I think there is like a lot of stuff people rightfully should be outraged about. But this is one of those things where it's like, this is an issue with Ethereum as a whole. And like, yeah, like getting mad and like morally flexing on like a few artists doesn't, like it doesn't really impact that much. It just makes like, smaller people feel bad and then like the minors are happening anyway like i don't know that's just that's my opinion on it anyway yeah the it seems like the ethereum network of distributed computers that contribute to the mining work seems like that's only increased over time you know demand for ethereum and the applications crypto art just being one application of ethereum there are a lot of other applications there's a lot of other transactions i think what scares people here is that they see a lot of transactions happening rapidly they see like oh you know super rare is doing the next drop and wow there's all these transactions going on this must be computationally expensive um but you know i found an article by to be fair, bias by the super <laughs> rare team. And it's got a great title. No, crypto artists aren't harming the planet. Clarifying a big misunderstanding about the ecological impact of NFTs and what we're doing to make super rare more sustainable. So I think the big quote here, check out the article, we'll link to it, is basically a quote from... University of Cambridge, Electricity Consumption Index. And it says... The popular, quote, energy cost per transaction metric is regularly featured in the media and other academic studies, despite having multiple issues. Transaction throughput, i.e. the number of transactions that a system can process, is independent of the network's electricity consumption. Adding more mining equipment and thus increasing electricity consumption will have no impact on the number of processed transactions. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And from a source, like I was kind of struggling to find sources here. There's a lot of numbers being thrown around about like, you know, is it 40 years of uh, EU citizens uh, energy consumption? I heard someone say like seven years or just a few months. Like either way, all of those figures seem like they're a lot. Um, And no question like Ethereum is having an impact here. But I think the question is, is is are the crypto art transactions having, you know, more of an impact on the environment than Ethereum, I guess, on its own. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing is that like NFTs and crypto art is a very small percentage of Ethereum transactions as a whole. And it, again, it's hard to find exact numbers on it because again, it's like ever changing and everyone is, everyone's kind of sketch about it. I don't know. Like everyone says everyone else is lying and like, but um, I found a, like the number I found that I haven't found really rebutted is that NFTs use about 3% of Ethereum's network energy and Ethereum makes up like 0.02% of global emissions. 
and NFTs make up 3% of Ethereum processing. And like 0.02% of global emissions it sounds like, oh, that's nothing. That's a huge number. That's like, a lot. When, yeah, it, it is a lot. But like when you take that as Ethereum and then NFTs are 3% of that, it, it's like, I don't know. Like the issue again is that I see it's like it's the, the Ethereum blockchain as a whole and like like more than just the artists trying to make a living off of them. Mm-hmm. And and there's all other kinds of like we could add context here when it comes to like uh, a statistic that you found I think is pretty interesting right uh, eating meat accounts for about fourteen point five percent of global greenhouse gases like that's um, you know that's a much bigger impact that uh, that people can have you know like how how often are people buying these crypto crypto art pieces. I know it's only increasing and it's growing a lot, but I mean, compared to how often people eat burgers in the United States, right? It's a, it's a tiny little fraction of what we're talking about here. So I guess that's like, is that enough to influence people's behavior? You know, should we be, should we be mindful of these things? And like, no, we were diligent from day one, you know, and that's how we, that's how we save the planet or, you know, I do sound like I'm saying like, Oh, artists are just trying to make a living. Like, don't worry about it. But, um, I have some statistics I found that kind of inform, like, I'm not saying don't worry about it. It's more like artists make artists and people make choices and draw all, everyone draws the line somewhere. And I found some stats that I did like verify through different sources and we can link those. Um, but again, like the energy consumption stats, those could like in a month, these things could kind of change. Um, but this is like, as of day of recording, this is what it is. So I was watching some videos by Andrew Price who uses Blender, the like 3D rendering thing. Andrew Price, aka the Blender Guru, which is a 3D modeling rendering program, was talking about the environmental impact of 3D rendering as it relates to NFTs. And I like Googled this information separately, but basically like 3D rendering takes about 800 watts per an hour for 3D rendering which is 19 kilowatts per day. And the average NFT for a single transaction, which many of them have multiple, so, Mm -hmm. you know, grain of salt, is 38 to 48 kilowatts total. So about two to three days of rendering, like one 3D image equals one NFT in energy consumption. Mm. And so his point in saying this was that, like, he had done this work of art that he spent like weeks rendering overnight, trying to get like the lighting right, trying to, you know, um, like edit it, make it look great. And so it ended up having all this consumption that was worth many NFT transactions. But when he posted on on Instagram, like nary an environmental complaint or concern, because not because people don't care. It's probably because people just don't know about it, you know, mm-hmm. but that, you the know, work behind it. Yeah. And like the energy consumption. Yeah. There are these things that we see like a 3d render image or artwork and we're like, Oh, that's cool. And we don't think about the environmental cost, which is real. But then we see NFTs and everyone's saying like, Oh, that's bad for the environment. And people get upset at people making NFTs Mm -hmm. when in reality, like that 3d rendered image could be way worse for the environment. 
And so it's, it's not like a pass for either of those, but it's just like, you know, like someone isn't inherently bad because they do NFTs and their footprint isn't worse because of it. Yeah. And I mean, we don't think about that kind of stuff when we watch like the Avengers movies or something like that. Like how many compute cycles did this take to render, you know, uh, over the multi-year process to create the thing but you know we still show up and eat popcorn and like watch it for two hours not even avengers but like what about shit like the emoji movie oh like how much how much <laughs> 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 like at least avengers like people like that yeah <laughs> like how that's much, true how much rendering did the emoji movie and stuff that like <laughs> No yeah. one wants take that. That's where I just kept thinking about that. Like, sorry if you made the emoji movie and you're listening, but thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, there's, there's a lot of cost that's, uh, you know, that's, that's like unaccounted for essentially. And, um, that's a really great point. You know, when you publish an image on Instagram, work goes into that digital artwork, um, but you know, when you publish it as an NFT and like try to actually have some sort of living from your work, God forbid, right. Like, uh, that, that artists make money, then, you know, it's terrible for the environment, but I like that Instagram post, you know, it could yeah. be the same, could be the same person. And, um, in one scenario they're having to go through maybe ad channels and put like weird hashtags on their posts to try to get, you know, some sort of compensation, uh, you know, in another world, they're getting ongoing reoccurring revenue on every transaction thereafter with uh, with the royalties that we discussed in the past episode. So I think it's very interesting to not not to compare, you know, like like you said, it's not really necessarily like for comparison. It's to establish some context and some relativity here with how much energy are we actually talking about here? how much energy went into creating it before even, you know, the first transaction. I think it's fascinating. I have more energy context stats. If you want to hear yeah. some, I think this one, cause 3d rendering is a bit more specific still to like the NFT world, but I found some stats about cotton t-shirt production and those came from the world wildlife federation you know, the one with the panda logo. So it wasn't from like Bitcoin.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it takes, and I'll like go over the totals at the end because even just reading them, I'm like, Ugh. but okay. So it takes like 494 kilowatts to make one cotton t-shirt. And that doesn't include like washing and drying it. That's just to produce the cotton t-shirt. To start so, with. Yeah. Yeah. So if an artist did a t-shirt drop of 200 cotton shirts, it would use 98,800 kilowatts, which equals energy consumption of the average American home in eight years or 2,058 Ethereum transactions. And like, I know artists who sell t-shirts, no one's like commenting on them. Like, how dare you sell this t-shirt? And then, so the... Oh, wait, hold on. I have more stats that I need to read more. That make you think about your artwork, like uh, upstream costs and energy impact of of that? Not to put you on the spot. I'm just oh, curious, like, I've thought making of, me think about it. <laughs> I've thought of it before, but not... Um, 
I mean, I would sell t-shirts. I just don't, but I do painted pots and I use aerosol spray to seal them. And I do think about that when I do that, I'm like, Oh, another can down the ozone. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned something else before that I want to come back to. And that is that not all crypto art, not all NFTs are on Ethereum. Ethereum is one platform that is popular, very popular. It's the second most popular cryptocurrency is Ether. Um, And I think that's because uh, it was the first to introduce uh, smart contracts and the way to tokenize um, and extend the platform. But there have been other, there have been other attempts since Ethereum um, that they don't have to worry about this uh, technical debt of moving from proof of work to proof of stake. They were like, ha, we already know about proof of stake. Let's just start there. And this is something that's very promising, you know, and I think that it's, it's, um, if this is the biggest issue that we see with crypto art, and I think in past conversations, both of us had agreed that this is probably the the biggest issue, the biggest concern, and why we wanted to have a conversation about it kind of upfront in in the topics that we choose to to talk about is that you know there's there's a huge opportunity here. Artists are conscious of the environment, even if it is a small ethereum and proof of work, even if it is a small footprint on the environmental impact. I don't want to have any environmental impact, right? Like I want to get, I want to be as, as um, I want to be as green as possible. I want to be as energy conscious as possible. And that's really where some of the other uh, platforms come into play. The one that I've looked into the most and looked at is one called Algorand. I mentioned it in a past conversation. I've dug in a little bit more on on the differences with Algorand and specifically around the the energy usage because it's not nearly as popular um and it, because it's new there's not a bunch of data on it on its energy consumption but one of the biggest features is that it it started with proof of stake it it and it's it's a variation even of proof of stake that they claim is like more efficient and more secure and distributed and decentralized and all of the crypto words that we want to use so that is um, something that's really exciting that I found beyond that is that um, that a, a venture capital fund called Borderless Capital um, launched a an investment fund, a $10 million investment fund um, called ANFT.fund. And it's uh, it's to fund creator economy applications on top of Algorand blockchain. And just as I was doing my research here and was like, that's a great startup idea. Let's make a energy efficient crypto art platform. Like that doesn't exist yet. And I have found like a couple of them in my research. They're just, they're not in the top popularity yet. Those all seem to be Ethereum still. But as this conversation plays out, like, what do you think? Do you think that people will move over to these more energy efficient opportunities? There's funding popping up for even new applications and new companies to kind of, uh, you know, try something new and, and build something that's meaningful here. Um, you know, and this is something that I thought was pretty forward leaning uh, of them to do to invest in, in um, you know, a greener future for the creator economy on, uh, on blockchain. I think if I were to do an NFT, I would probably do it on a different platform or like off the Ethereum 
blockchain and onto like one of the new greener ones. Um, there are people who are doing it. One I was looking at is Pixios and it uses EOS, which nice. I haven't been able to find a ton of information on it from 2021, which makes me wonder like, mm. uh Oh, <laughs> like what happened there? But their Twitter is active. People are posting the NFTs they made. So they're still popping. I maybe Ethereum's just like taking up all the, you know, blockchain space right now, but like artists are already, you know, making NFTs and crypto art that aren't Ethereum based. And it's, it's cool. It's a little scary because, you know, Ethereum's established, it might be the one that lasts longer, but it is a good way to get involved in the space and be able to feel good about it and not, you know, worried about your footprint. Yeah, exactly. And, and also another benefit of uh, EOS or, um, you know, another platform that you can essentially achieve the same result as an as a NFT on Ethereum, um, you need the blockchain to do certain things, right? That's where smart contracts and, and these, these token standards come in. Um, so you can build on top of them um, and kind of build like a nifty gateway but that uses EOS or that uses Algorand, right? And one benefit I found is that because Ethereum is so popular, you know, the uh, the transaction times have gone up, the gas fees have gone up. And um, that's, you know, another question here is like, how much does it cost the artist to mint their NFT? You have to pay for that transaction to occur on the blockchain. And uh, that's called a gas fee. So what I'm trying to get at is that these other platforms um, that don't rely on Ethereum, the gas fees are usually or the equivalent of a gas fee in Algorand. It's called Algo in EOS. I'm not sure what their coin is called. I think it's called EOS. Um, I'm not sure I should look that up. But uh, whatever the EOS coin is, there, there's probably some sort of fee to uh, to mint that that um, that crypto art, that NFT. And those fees are usually a lot lower on um on these platforms that aren't ethereum based so another win for artists one question that i have is why if all these crypto art platforms are relatively new why did the developers you know if super rare is out here like writing this article saying no you don't need to worry about anything super rare is not that old of a platform why didn't they when they i'd venture to bet like when they founded their company they knew full and well that ethereum had these costs and that Ethereum worked with proof of work and not yet proof of stake. So at some point, somebody made a choice to say, no, we're building this on Ethereum. And it's interesting, like if they, you know, have the time to like write this article or whatever, I wonder if they've considered rebuilding their platform to switch over to uh, something, you know, that doesn't have these environmental concerns. Yeah, it's a good point. It's once again, it's like people getting mad at the artists when it's like, participating in a system that was built by something else super rare or open sea or like all these systems and it's why i would also lean towards like pixios or a different you know non-ethereum blockchain because they started out with this in mind you know mm-hmm. like their values are more in line with my values not yeah. to say that we agree with everything. I'm sure, you know, that there's <laughs> something, there's something there in those terms and conditions. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pixios also does something. Um, I don't know if it's just for the buyer or if it's also for the artist, but you don't need to have a crypto wallet to like make NFTs or 
or possibly just buy NFTs. Oh, wow. Um, That's cool. Yeah, because they do. This is another thing I learned about, um, like cold storage versus hot storage. Mm -hmm. And then they do a... Warm storage? (laughs) No, it is a crypto custody solution, which is third-party storage and security system used to hold tokens. So that's what Coinbase is, actually. Um, Like, if you have a Coinbase, Coinbase is like one of the largest, like, custody solutions. They hold it for you. Yeah. And hot storage is when it's online, which Mm -hmm. is good because it's way, it has higher liquidity, like you can access it, you know, um, but it has slightly less security, you know, because it is live. And then cold storage would be like offline when people like order like the physical wallets to like store, you know. Yeah. And then write or write it down or I've seen people do some funny stuff. I, I actually... Because of the experimentation I uh, were planning on doing, I actually got a, a cold storage uh, hardware wallet called a Keep Key, and uh, I haven't nice. set it up yet. But you know, I, I got I got some good advice from friends to, that told me hot storage was risky. So yeah, uh, that was point. yeah. Um, I have a hot storage, but also be- <laughs> that's <laughs> I've got hot storage. Yeah, I use hot storage. I um yeah I guess for me hot storage just made more sense and it was also kind of before I knew more about how Ethereum is bad like I bought part of a the coin. experience is better yeah. yeah and also just knowing me like I'd order something cold storage and then I would like never take it out of the box and I'd be like one day and then like a year later I'd be moving to a different apartment or whatever and then be like oh yeah this uh mm-hmm. what was this for again <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that thing's um, actually really valuable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do we feel like we land anywhere? I mean, I think you were arriving at, at you know, Pixios as a good option. Did you find others in this category? I'm curious. Like, I, this so one seemed to stand out, it sounds like. I did. And I think, or like EOS in general, and like their delegated proof of stake which is different than regular proof of stake. And I do not totally understand it, but that's like Algorand <laughs> has like, it's like proof of stake X. It's, it's like a yeah. slightly different uh, take on it. And yeah, yeah. There's some different, different uh, ways to approach this, but I think they're all kind of based on that same proof of stake um, thing, which we can get into more detail in the future, but just Google that if you're curious. I think like to me, Pixios was the one that was most clearly like not a form of Ethereum because I found others like, like there's wax, which some says it's like a rival to Ethereum. But then I've also seen some things be like, Oh, it's like built off of Ethereum or I just, I'm still kind of confused on like what's part of Ethereum and what is like a competitor to it because there's every, like, you know, their side chains versus other blockchains versus like phase two is very, we probably need another episode to go over like specific alternatives. Crypto cryptic. Yeah. No, I think that's a good idea. But the, the, the point is that there are, there are alternatives out there and not all, you can't say crypto art equals bad, right? Like you have to think a little more critically, ask more questions. Why did you choose why did you choose that platform over this platform? Like, are you aware of the potential for environmental impact? Um, you know, seems like there's a lot of 
polarized opinions here. Um, but think about this critically for your own decision. If you're, if you're looking at starting, uh, starting as an artist in crypto art, as an investor, anybody who's kind of interacting with this space, like these are all legit questions, whether you're on one side of the polar conversation or the other, or like us trying to stay in the middle to some degree. And, um, I think there's, there's space for, innovation here and that's really where it sounds like pixios and and the others that that you've mentioned um you know you can have the same benefits as an artist um with the platform to reach more people and get your art out there for profit um have royalties even uh without the environmental impact of of uh of some of these other platforms so just be be mindful of that these like other smaller platforms might even be like the thing that the like regular people artists go to because if ethereum is like the elite and the gas prices are so high that only rich people can afford to mint on there anyway then like regular people like us are going to not be able to use it so like other blockchains might be the alt chain Mm -hmm. and then i've also seen there's some stuff that is being developed so that things could be like transferred like a bridge to multiple chains and i'm not sure if that's strictly side chain always linked to ethereum or if it's saying it could link like bitcoin to ethereum to eos Mm -hmm. um that also maybe another episode well i know there's like swapping like you can swap between these currencies like i think uh coin swap is one or yeah, we'll have to go deeper on this uh, <laughs> so as its own topic. Yeah. But I think that's been a, a pretty good lap around the environmental conversation with crypto art. Do you feel better, worse, the same about this? Like more concerned, less concerned? How, how do you how do you feel from the different hats that you wear about uh, you, you know where we've landed from our research? Um, well, I would say I feel a little bit better about it. But I also previously thought, like, oh, no, like, the world's going to, like, just be destroyed by this. So I was very much, like, the doomsday thinker side of it. So to say I feel better about it isn't to say that I feel, like, good. I just, I'm in a more neutral spot. And I think the main spot where I land, especially as it relates to artists, is, like, it's just really hard to judge someone's environmental impact based on one thing or based the finished on, product. Yeah. yeah. Or based on what they present online. It's kind of like how you don't really see someone's real life on Instagram. Anyway, you just see the stuff that they want to show. That's where I feel. I feel similar to you um, that I was pretty concerned when, when I first started digging into this topic, because when we first decided to talk about this and start the podcast, it was like, took all of what 10 seconds to figure out that there was this huge (laughs) debate going on about uh the environmental impact of crypto art and nfts um so you know it's clearly top of mind for a lot of people and 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 a concern rightfully so i would say from my research and through having this conversation i feel less concerned but that only really puts me at like closer to neutral because i was on one end of the spectrum already and um and I tend to agree with you that, um, you know, given the opportunity in the future to mint and engage with the crypto art and NFTs on, on some platforms, I think this is a big factor for me to choose where I list my art, where I, where I sell my art and, um, and have kind of a a greener presence when it comes to my artwork. That's something that's meaningful to me. Um, those choices are not 
clearly being made on all of these platforms. So um, what a cool thing for Pixios and, and the others to differentiate around. You know, I think that's, that's uh, really commendable. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hopefully they, uh, I mean, not like I'm praying for like the downfall of Ethereum or anything, but it would be cool if one of these greener chains or like, you know, the little guy makes it to the big leagues type of thing. Yeah, or proof of stake on Ethereum sounds like it will land at some point. And yeah. it's just that, you know, it's it's uh, uncertainty. And uh, I believe, I want to believe them. You know, they're clearly talented engineers. I'm not knocking them on that and say, hey, where are you at on this? Like, it's it's a hard problem. It's a bunch of hard problems all wrapped together. So I just think we're all eager to see that. And in the interim, maybe maybe Ethereum you know, fixes this, uh, you know, or embraces this opportunity to improve sooner rather than later. And this episode is deprecated immediately. Let's <laughs> fingers crossed. Let's hope for that. Um, or, or one of these other platforms, uh, artists embrace and, uh, creators embrace buyers, sellers, the like, um, embrace platforms that make greener choices. One of the two will happen. Maybe it'll be both. Yeah. I'm definitely rooting for, ethereum 2.0 as well anything that gets us there to the greener tomorrow or whatever people say i'm rooting for it yeah exactly i think that's a good place to end it (laughs) thank you very much for listening connect with us on instagram and twitter at crypto art underscore show and subscribe and follow wherever you listen to podcasts this has been crypto art a podcast hosted by Elizabeth Brozak and Zachariah Moreno with original music and production by Sean Baez.